Have you ever argued about a movie to no end? Ever wondering if there could be no resolution? Well, look no further, because Movie Court is here to settle all questions, only on the Onstage Blog Podcast Network. Who was the best James Bond? Is Aliens better than Alien? Is Jean-Claude Van Damme the first or second best action star of all time? We won't answer (laughs) these questions today, but we will answer what is sure to be one of the most polarizing movie questions of all time. Is Star Wars The Last Jedi a bad movie? I am your host, Greg Earhart, contributor to Onstage Blog and presiding over the court that is fielding and settling this question once and for all. Joining the court today as prosecuting attorney, answering the question in the affirmative, having just returned from our own casino planet that is Las Vegas, Onstage Blog Editor-in-Chief Chris Peterson. Counselor, how are you? Hello, hello. Are you ready for movie court? I am. I am. I've been looking forward to this um, all week. It's, um, I, I had to sadly rewatch this movie to get prepared. Wow. Slander. So it's, uh, it was not, uh, not a fun, but I'm, I'm, I feel like, I feel like I, I'm psyched up. I'm excited to do this. So. All right. Well, also joining the court today as defense counsel, answering the question in the negative, he's hoping that this will go the way he thinks hmm. coming to us from a place that seems far, far away in Maine, USA. It's on screen chief critic, Ken Jones. Ken, welcome. How are you? Uh, yeah. Maine like, uh, uh, Tatooine and, um, Jakku is, is pretty much nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Are you ready for movie court? Yes. Uh, I can't believe we're here, but, uh, I'm ready to go. I don't I don't uh, see why this needs defense, but well, some questions. N- nevertheless, need, some questions just need movie court to settle it. So now just to lay out the ground rules, this is our second uh, episode of the movie court. If you want to catch the first one that we did, we argued over uh, X-Men The Last Stand, whether that was uh, truly a horrific movie that deserved to be uh, put into movie jail uh, for eternity. Uh, the ground rules for this episode are as follows. So I, as so, I'm going to act as the judge uh, on this case. Chris, you are the prosecuting attorney. Ken, you are the defense counsel. I, as a judge, will only interject uh, unasked based on relevance of the question. Any other objections uh, you gentlemen raise must be brought upon um, by counsel. You have latitude to bring wide-ranging arguments and evidence to the proceedings, as well as bringing objections. And objections may be raised in any section of this proceeding except for the opening statement. I, however, as a judge, may raise objection on relevance at any point during the proceeding. So, uh, and then just laying out the format uh, for the listeners here. So we're going to, so Chris and Ken are going to bring opening statements on their position. Then Chris and Ken, you will bring in evidence to support your position. That will be followed by Cross X, where, Chris, you'll have an opportunity to ask Ken any question you want, either on your position or his position or in the evidence he submitted. Ken, you'll have a chance to do likewise. Uh, and then you'll have closing statements, and then I will make my ruling. Um, no set time, so uh, each of these, uh, there's no time limit for it. However, if you're rambling or if you're going on forever, I do have the right uh, to cut you off and keep things moving along. Yep. So uh, just a reminder, the question uh, the question we are debating over is, uh, is Star Wars The Last Jedi a good, is Star Wars The Last Jedi a bad movie, I should say, because Chris is arguing the affirmative that it is a bad movie, and Ken is arguing negative that it is not a bad movie. 
All right, Chris, uh, your opening statement is first whenever you are ready. All right. I'm going to do this as if this is like a Southern court. So, um, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen of the jury. No, I'm kidding. Um, i be like Southern prosecutor uh, there for a second. Does this look like Matthew McConaughey? Right. right, right. It does. Oh, I love it. All right. Um, all right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Very simple. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, uh, you being the listeners, your honor, uh, I present to you the fact that The Last Jedi is not only a bad movie, it actually uh, does not need to exist at all. This movie uh, has a multitude of issues, and those issues have been confirmed many times over by critics, Star Wars fans, Star Wars fanatics and historians alike. And I would say that there are very few things that the Star Wars fandom can be unified and united on. And yet this is some, the, the, the belief that this is a bad movie and has set this franchise back uh, is a unifying statement amongst most Star Wars fans. Which is, you know, if we think about peace on Earth uh, and goodwill towards men, the fact that this has brought peace to the Star Wars fandom is, a, is an amazing thing to say. I plan on presenting to you not only elements of the movie that are wrong, but also not only uh, that, but also facts about its release that back up my statements and also its uh, impact on the other properties of Star Wars as well and other business industry type things. So I feel like at the end of my presentation, at the end uh, of all my arguments and, and evidence, that I plan on bringing, you will have no choice but to agree that this movie is a bad movie and also the Star Wars universe would be better off without it. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Counselor. Uh, Mr. Jones, is your time for your opening statement. Thank you, Your Honor. Uh, Your Honor, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, Christopher, uh, we're convened here today to argue <laughs> the merits of Star Wars The Last Jedi, the eighth movie in the Star Wars saga proper. The sequel trilogy, beginning with The Force Awakens, was an expansion of the Star Wars story to a new generation of fans by Disney and Lucasfilm. The Force Awakens was wildly successful, reestablishing the franchise's box office behemoth and being a genuine crowd pleaser. Now, The Last Jedi did not come close to matching the the astronomical heights of The Force Awakens, but it was also a very successful movie at the box office where it was still in the top ten of the domestic charts all all time. It was also a critical darling, with many popular critics uh, praising many aspects of the film. And outside of a minority of fanboys with outsized online voice, the film was loved by audiences as well. So at this point, with financial success, audience approval, and critical adoration, you may find yourself asking the question, what are we even doing here? Frankly, I don't understand it myself, but this is a situation I find myself in, having to defend a film that I believe needs no defense. However, I shall give it anyways, because that's what this format demands. So I will certainly be delving into those numbers that show conclusively that The Last Jedi was well-received by nearly everyone. It would be easy to rest on the laurels of the film and to let the numbers speak for themselves, but that's not why I'm here. I'm here to point out that not only is The Last Jedi not a bad movie, 
is a successful movie, is a great blockbuster film with good storytelling, impressive character growth, and some truly cinematic moments that should take your breath away. On top of all of this, not only does The Last Jedi need to exist, it is a necessary film for the franchise. It's a film that honors the past of the franchise, and it's one that looks boldly into the future. And with that, I cede the floor to uh, my counterpart. Okay, thank you for that. We will now move into the evidence evidentiary uh, portion of the proceedings. Uh, Chris, uh, do you have anything to submit uh, for evidence uh, for your prosecution? Well, let's just <clears throat> let's start off with the obvious uh, facts of this film. And my counterpart, the uh, honorable is that is that what I should call Ken? The I honorable, prefer esteemed. <laughs> my esteemed colleague to the right here. Um, and by the way, I'm looking at you as if I if you're sitting across the aisle from me. By the way, I'm <laughs> glaring at you. Like, um, are, are we are we force timing like Ray and and? Uh, oh, we absolutely. are. We are absolutely <laughs> okay. Awesome. Um, here's the I'm fact, reaching, folks. I'm reaching out to you to touch hands right now, Chris. <laughs> it is. I I I will concede that um, the Force Awakens set a very high bar, not only in terms of obviously fan expectation and excitement, but also the fact that uh, of financials. I mean, the, the Force Awakens ended up grossing about $936 million with a $247 million opening weekend. Having said that, the Star Wars The Last Jedi, which came out just two years later, almost the exact day, after this humongous success of a film, after a movie which I will concede also has a very high T-meter rating as well, um, ended up grossing on its opening weekend less, about $27 million less than The Force Awakens, and then went on to gross a mighty $316 million less than The Force Awakens. Now, we could argue that there is no way that a sequel uh, to The Force Awakens was going to be you know, financially, so to speak. But I would argue that, that sequels to these movies, the, the second installment of a new Star Wars trilogy, excuse me, should have. It yeah. should have done better financially, um, especially A, on its open weekend, and B, what this tells you, this, this difference in the $316 million difference between the total gross of Force Awakens and Last Jedi means that the fans did not turn out in droves and go see this movie multiple times like The Force Awakens did. Uh, you could. This movie was also released in close to 100 more theaters than The Force Awakens as well. So there were more opportunities to go see this film and the fans stayed home because a lot of them probably went to see it once. No need to see it again. That tells you a lot about what this uh, what this movie is is like. Secondly, I would also like to point out and, and introduce into evidence the audience score on Rotten yeah. Tomatoes. Okay. The T meter is at a mighty ninety one percent. I will agree that that is a strong rating as well. However, the audience score is at a very low forty four percent, which is lower. Uh, than any of the other these new installments, and it is in fact the lowest T meter amongst all of this entire saga. Yes, the, the Attack of the Clones 
uh, where it actually had dialogue talking about the coarseness of sand has a 16%, excuse me, 12% higher audience score than The Last Jedi. And this is, and my colleague in his opening statement referred to the fact that it was just a few fanboys who have brought down the legacy of this film. That's the user ratings, the user ratings, the user you, ratings. You, you can object, you can object. Object uh, and, uh, yes. uh, misstate, misstating uh, my position. Uh, I I will sustain that pending review of the audio. Uh, we don't have my transcriber stay stayed home, I, but uh, I will just say I did not say a a few. I said a very vocal minority. A, ve- a very vocal minority. Well, that apparently objection in, sustained. In Mister in Mister Jones's mind, a vocal minority uh, uh, is apparently two hundred and twelve thousand people. Uh, rated this film and brought it down to a score of 44, which again, I remind is lower than any of the prequels, which we can all agree, hopefully are terrible. Objection. But, I, 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 uh, go ahead, Mr. Jones. Uh, point of clarification. Uh, how many people are in the world? Relevance. You're, you're going to have to connect this real soon. Uh, I, there's about 5 billion people in the world. <laughs> Probably a, uh, I would not say the majority of, but a, there's a very large contingent of Star Wars fans in the on planet Earth, and he's basing his argument of a, um, you know, uh, uh, on two hundred twelve thousand people. Your, your Honor, I was trying to make the point that my colleague to the left has said that the I thought I was on the right uh, on the right uh, feels that this Objection. movie. Uh, <laughs> It, the, the legacy of this movie has been brought down by a vocal minority. Yeah. I am saying that that minority is in fact a large number of people, and uh, and these are fans. Well, I don't want to, right, sir. Two hundred twelve thousand uh, people. Unlike unlike my colleague, counselor for the defense. I'm going to overrule your objection. You okay. may make your point yes. in um, in your evidence or in your closing statements, but his his characterization is not uh, slander or, or not misstating the facts as best that I can tell. So you can present. And I will context. say, I will say that I will not uh, besmirch the the good name of Star yeah. Wars fans. Uh, however, my- Chris, however, I'm going to raise my own objection to your argument, uh, Chris, which is. Um, you're talking about the prequels and how everyone agrees that the prequels are um, terrible. Just to like, remind you, your honor, as me, wrote an article defending the prequels on Onstage Blog, saying that they're not they're, they're not as bad as everyone makes it seem to be. Just I just want to uh, make sure you're aware of that. Taken. Point taken. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't change my position on them, but that's fine. I just that's fine. Point just taken. Sure. But I will say for 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 movies that that are considered by the fandom as not great. Uh, this movie has been rated lower than, and just by a point of clarification, when we talk about the amount of people that voted on Rotten Tomatoes to give this audience score by a comparison, Hobbs and Shaw, very popular summer film, about 27,000 people rated that movie. This is 212,000. So um, quite the difference there. So that those are the facts. That's that's that. Those are just beginning with the statistics of this film. I I, I yield my my time. I guess yes. All right, all right. That's that's your evidence. 
Just making that's sure. your evidence. That's that's my first. Ad. I mean, I are we going back and forth? Or are we doing all of my evidence? No, I would do, I would present all your evidence. Yeah. Oh Jesus! Okay. Say. Gosh, all right. I mean, if you need Objection. a break, if, <laughs> if you need a break, you can motion to. Oh, you were cat. finished. Allow me to report. <laughs> all right. Next, my next uh, evidence I'd like to introduce is that my to back up the claim that this movie doesn't need to exist. Um, if we really break down. And I will I will agree to a point with my colleague here that there are certain important moments that happen in this film. There are. However, they are moments. They are singular moments. Do we need an entire film of The Last Jedi, given the important things we got out of it? I would argue no. I would argue that a lot of what we saw in this movie could be summed up. This entire movie could be summed up in about 20 minutes in terms of what really is important to get the, the, the important things to get out of this. And that is of course, Ray's training as a Jedi. That of course is obviously her encounters with Kylo Ren and, and Emperor Snoke, which I will get to in a minute. But other than that, nothing really in this, in this movie justifies a two and a half hour film for what is basically just filler. Uh, it is a, a essentially a chase film, which again could be wrapped up in about, 20 to 30 minutes at the most. We did not need an entire film. My next piece of evidence I'd like to introduce is uh, how this movie separates itself from The Last Je uh, from the Force Awakens and obviously kills off what we felt were some of the more compelling questions and mysteries about this, this, this new trilogy oh, and oh. basically making our... Um, questions and and intrigue uh, all for naught if you will uh including the identity of emperor snoke which again if you were curious about that after the last jedi excuse me after the force awakens the last jedi let you down the identity of ray's parents excuse me sir excuse me uh yeah yeah counsel you're gonna well unless you have a formal <laughs> objection you're gonna have to you're gonna have to uh, i'll cite you for contempt if you don't quit. <laughs> Um, the, the, gosh, I'm thrown off the lineage of, of Ray, her parents completely dismissed in this film. Um, the origin of her powers, how is she able to, in the last, uh, force awakens, uh, control mind control, uh, basically have, I would say equal to, if not greater raw powers than Kylo Ren, um, without any training whatsoever. How does she, I mean, that's maybe a question more for The Force Awakens, but these were questions coming out of that movie that were never answered in The Last Jedi, even during her training. I would also say that this movie is a black stain on the Luke Skywalker legacy. We saw, instead of a interesting Luke Skywalker, we saw a grumpy um, old man version of, of Luke uh, doing things against his character, uh, against the character that we grew up and loved. Uh, and, and just absolutely disappointed. I mean, the fact that his at one point was going to kill a young Ben uh, Solo is just completely out of character. And in fact, I would also like to introduce into evidence the fact that Mr. Mark Hamill himself has publicly stated how much he disagreed with the writing of this film and uh -huh. his take on the character. Uh, so submitted. You know, thank you. Um, that is, he has gone on record and uh, and and not back down on that as well. Um, I'd also like to introduce uh, into evidence 
that this movie uh, was trying to force wokeness down the Star Wars uh, throats, fandom throats, which, by the way, I would I would argue it was already progressive as it is, but this movie uh, tries to do a lot of things that were more on the nose. Uh, at one point, uh, and also a lot of the dialogue does not make sense. For instance, um, at one point, Laura Dern's character, uh, a character that is, I forget her name because it is a forgettable character, um, says Godspeed, which I, I wondered, uh, I questioned where the inclusion of such a deity uh, was in the previous Star Wars universes. Did not know that... that yeah. Counselor may ask, did you want her to say force speed or what, what did you want her to say? The force be with you. I, I, she was introducing Christianity into a universe that had never had Christianity before. Um, an inconsistency that uh, an egregious inconsistency in a Star Wars universe. Uh, wow. As I push out my glasses. Any, um, any objection from uh, defense counsel here? Uh, no, Your Honor. I'm going to let that one uh, just sit out there for you can let that for sit everybody out to, uh, to take in. All right, fair Let fair that enough. one sit out there. Um, two more things. Um, one, uh, if this movie was so good, if this movie was such a classic and an epic success, as my colleague would claim, then why is Mr. Ryan Johnson... Um, not hearing anything from Disney about his proposed next trilogy. If this movie was so good, ladies and gentlemen, and Ryan Johnson's entry into the Star Wars universe was so strong, wouldn't the, Disney, the Walt Disney Corporation rush to make sure that they keep him on, on staff to write the next trilogy? And instead, we're hearing about all these other projects except for his. It seems to me, folks, that they want to wash their hands of Ryan Johnson. Does defense want to raise any objections about speculation? Uh, on uh, no, Your Honor. I certainly, <laughs> I certainly do not. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't have to. There's okay, no speculation. Right. There are, if you just simply, just simply Google and research <laughs> Ryan Johnson's Star Wars trilogy, the first headline you see is Star Ryan Johnson is in the dark about his trilogy. He has gotten no updates from the studio uh, on whether or not they actually want him to do anything. And I would argue that if... Uh, they did, then they would rush to keep him on staff. Uh, they would actually more than likely ask him to direct the third one, but instead had to bring J.J. Abrams back to write the ship. Mm -hmm. And therefore, I would say what the irreparable harm of The Last Jedi is the fact that it has taken all the wind out of the sails of this franchise and has now put the rise of Skywalker, which is supposed to be the last movie of this saga, on an uphill climb to try to end it on a satisfying note. The, the prosecution rests. Okay. Uh, Mr. Jones, the defense counsel, you may bring in your evidence. You never studied. <laughs> uh, where, where to start? Um, wow. I, I, I feel like I overprepared for this uh, based on, based on my, my counterpart here. Um, but I'll leave that for the cross examination. Uh, uh, is uh, is prosecution going to raise any objections for that mudslinging? Uh, uh, objection, mm -hmm. slander. Yeah, slander I, I, I'm, I'm going to sustain that actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's. From the uh, I'm going to uh, let's get into the evidence then. Let's get into <laughs> the evidence. So, uh, Star Wars rankings on Rotten Tomatoes. Just uh, to lay the groundwork for all of this. All right. Uh, the Last Jedi is number four at ninety one percent. Behind Empire Strikes Back at 95, Force Awakens at 93, New Hope at 93. Uh, and everything else is 84% or lower. 
So that puts it in the upper echelon of Rotten Tomatoes rankings. On Metacritic, it is number f- uh, two behind only A New Hope at 90, where Last Jedi is at 85, Empire is at 82, Force Awakens at 81, nothing else is above a 68 on Metacritic. Um, getting into the, let, let's get into the low audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, which is at a uh, shocking 44%, I believe, uh, the the uh, prosecution raised. Um, on IMDb, the movie has a rating of 7.1. That, just to give you an idea, for episode 1 is 6.5, episode 2, 6.6, episode 3, 7.5, New Hope 8.6, Empire 8.7, Return of the Jedi 8.3, and Force Awakens 8.0. So it was it was well within the range of of all the other movies, and not uh, egregiously uh, slandered online by people that went on there uh, onto places like Rotten Tomatoes and um, Reddit to downvote it uh, with the specific intent of lowering its audience score, which has been documented by places like Vox.com and other websites. <clears throat> At the time that it came out, it made uh, 20 million, some, or about 27 million less than, than The Force Awakens. And when it left the theaters, it was the sixth highest domestic gross after its theatrical release. It's still ninth overall after a couple of Marvel movies have uh, jumped ahead of it. Adjusted for inflation, it sits fifth overall in the franchise behind A New Hope, The Force Awakens, The Phantom Menace, Return of the Jedi, and Empire. And it's worth noting, whereas the the prosecution said that the second film in these trilogies should do better, it's worth noting that the second film in the original trilogy, The Empire Strikes Back, was the lowest grossing of all of the original trilogy. By a significant margin, I might add. Uh, on Cinema Score, it has a grade of an A, which is the exact same score that The Force Awakens received. Uh, it needs to be said that the most beloved movie of the franchise, The Empire Strikes Back, also got mixed reviews when it came out in 1980. And I would ask that the bench give me a little leeway here, just to show uh, a little contrast—a little contrast from 1980 to today. Yeah, just yeah, just keep it you know <clears throat> compact. Okay. Yes. So, uh, in the they obviously did not have uh, online uh, comment boards and whatnot back then, but uh, an archive if only. of yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> well, if only it would probably be very similar to the reception that the Last Jedi got in 2017, because the initial reaction for Empire itself was also fairly divisive. Uh, Starlog, which was a um, publication back then where people could write in and talk about uh movies and tv sci-fi um the when that came out uh the editor of that or staff writer at the time said i liked it i really did i just didn't like it enough just about every other critic in the country has been telling you how good the picture is they've been falling over themselves to tell you it's embarrassing I feel guilty for not liking it as much as objection, I'm supposed to. Objection, objection, relevance, relevance. We're talking about The Last Jedi. Yes. You are I, bringing up commentary over a I'm, movie that is 40 and, years and, old. And I'm, my <laughs> point and my point is that that 
you could take that statement and apply it to The Last Jedi. And if I hadn't told you that it was Empire, you would have no idea. You would think that it was the Runner, exact same movie. Ob- objection overruled. He has some leeway, but yeah, do wrap this up. We do understand. Fair that. enough. Yeah, yeah. So all I'm saying is that, and, and also just a few snippets, Your Honor, if I may be allowed. Uh, I'll, of, give you, I'll give you two. I, I have okay. I only have two actually. So from the New York Times, at, at the time it came out, a snippet of the review called it "The Empire Strikes Back," a big, expensive, time-consuming, essentially, essentially mechanical operation. The Empire Strikes Back is about as personal as a Christmas card from a bank. The Guardian said a cast-iron, self-evident hit, but also just a tiny bit boring, perhaps. My point in Going back to the the lukewarm reviews of Empire Strikes Back in 1980 is that sometimes fans have mixed emotions and it's not always a great idea to be a prisoner of the moment. And that would be my argument for the reaction to The Last Jedi. Uh, uh, does so prosecution who, have any objection? I, I just object to the, the relevance of all of this. It's pure shenanigans. Well, um, well my obje- so the judge's objection is I think you're talking uh, – you're mixing apples and oranges. You're citing critics' reviews when uh, prosecution was bringing up fan, yeah. fan reviews. With, um, all re- with all due respect, Your Honor, he did, he did cite critics in his opening argument. Your Honor, I, I did <laughs> talk about the T-meter, and I admitted that it was high. Uh, however, unlike my colleague, I feel that it's more important for the fans to have right. a voice. Right. Prosecution. Um, I believe prosecution ceded that the critics liked the movie. So uh, he did. also I, said that there were critics that that uh, hated it. Yes, the nine percent. Defense. Unless you're citing fan reviews uh, in this, or have some more statistics, uh, or uh, no, general I'm, I'm, summary I'm of the fan. I'm, I'm ready to move on. Actually, I'm, ga- I'm going to str- then, then. I'm striking the New York Times uh, citation. You're, of, you're uh, striking uh, the entire. Uh, just the New York. Just you're citing the, the critics. Uh, the critics from the uh, hmm. from the record. Yeah. Okay. So I'll be honest. Uh, I do not think that the movie is a perfect film. Uh, I. I there's some things I could certainly do without uh, Mary Poppins Leia it being one of them. Uh, Luke drinking straight from the source of that apparently sweet, sweet blue milk. Uh, <laughs> the the Finn and Rose side mission to Canto Bite doesn't really work for me. Uh, I could do with a few less porgs. Uh, I'm not going to argue for much of any of that. No film is flawless. Um, but there's a lot in this movie that I, I personally... Uh, have grown attached to since seeing it. And the film's only gotten better for me in subsequent viewings. Uh, Luke is not the same character that he was 30 years ago. I I believe that's very much a good thing. Uh, So much of what we get in the film mirrors and echoes previous moments of what we've seen from Luke Skywalker, contrary to what uh, my my counterpart said about him acting um, against character from what we've seen previously. Um... I think it's fitting that the the first thing we see from Luke being handed his lightsaber is that he throws it away, which mirrors almost exactly what he does with his lightsaber at the end of Return of the Jedi. He throws it away. It's what he does. It's his thing. Uh, He's he's tossing that away for a reason. 
I, I think this movie is a perfect send off for the character. Uh, he, he's brought into <laughs> he's brought into the story at the beginning of A New Hope by a, a projection of Princess Leia asking for help. And he leaves the story. His story ends with him sending a projection to help Leia. Uh, and there's also, of course, the, the two sons scene that mirrors the uh, scene from A New Hope. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to talk about the film and, and what about it speaks to me and, and uh, what I believe it does well that makes it a good film. Uh, the, the biggest thing is the theme of failure uh, and characters growing uh, in this movie. Uh, it's, it's hammered home by the character arcs that characters have. It's hammered home, especially in the scene that, that Luke shares with Yoda. Uh, they, the message that the scene conveys of passing on what you've learned, especially your failure and how it's a powerful teacher... It's it's so true. It's a message that uh, I wish that you could see in more blockbuster movies. Uh, you you get examples of it in like Batman Begins, where you know Bruce Wayne's father asks, "Why do we fall?" So we can get back up again. The message of this movie is failure is a part of life. You can't run from it, and you have to learn to live with it. Uh, that's you know it, it similar to Empire Strikes Back, where where things. They, they keep failing and failing and failing despite their best efforts. Nothing goes right in that movie either. The film also, I think, does a good job of rehabilitating emo Kylo Ren. Uh, <laughs> Adam Driver is is amazing in this film. Uh, he <laughs> The Force Time scenes with Ray could have been very cheesy and hokey, but I think he makes them work. Uh, there You have that shirtless scene, which is uncomfortable, but it's supposed to be weird and awkward and un- uncomfortable. Uh, I like his his like seething rage at seeing the Millennium Falcon because it reminds him not just of his father, but also like his childhood where he probably spent time on that piece of junk, um, as he calls it. Um, more than anything with Kylo Ren, though, I think that the movie progresses him beyond being just a boy in a mask playing Darth Vader dress up. And this was a slight complaint or maybe even a major complaint about the force awakens uh where and it's even addressed at the beginning of this movie where snoke tells him to take the the mask off and stop being a boy and in in playing basically playing dress up uh i think snoke and the first order are best seen as the neo-nazis of this galaxy snoke pictures himself as the new palpatine and kylo ren as the new vader uh, Vader, for as great and menacing as a villain as he was, was still only number two to Palpatine's Emperor, the real person in control. Kylo Ren, in killing Snoke, ascends to a higher position of power than Vader actually ever possessed. He has bigger aspirations. Vader wanted to rule the galaxy with Luke as father and son, but Ren is actually running the show at the end of this movie as this, the new supreme leader. Uh, I, I think that's a great job of breaking the mold and not being a prisoner of the past and and your the analogs that uh, people have created and associated with these characters. Uh, the film's also, speaking of the past, it's not beholden to the past or to the fans who crave minutiae and answers to questions like who is Snoke and who are Rey's parents. The Force Awakens never makes it explicitly clear that those are important questions. There was a strong tradition in science fiction and fantasy 
of the hero's journey being uh, a, a kid or a, a person who was a nobody rising to the moment, not being part of some all-important bloodline. Race parents are race parents being filthy junkers sold her for drinking money is a good development for the story. The importance of someone's lineage works well in the original trilogy. You know where it doesn't work so well is in the prequels where Anakin is immaculately conceived by the Force. I don't think there's any need to go back to the well a third time with someone being from an important bloodline, whether it's Skywalker or otherwise. Race parents are nobodies, and that's fine by me. Anyone can be a Jedi, just like anyone can take the ring to Mordor. Speaking of taking the ring to Mordor, Rey has a similar revelation to that of Frodo in The Lord of the Rings. Objection, objection, relevance, relevance. (laughs) My counterpart has quoted more movies (laughs) other than The Last Jedi. You have a very short leash. I heard, counselor, you better tell me. I've heard everything from Batman Begins (laughs) to now The Lord of the Rings. Uh, uh, this is preposterous. I'm giving him about th- uh, 15 seconds to tie this back. I have Thank one, you. I have one. I have literally one sentence left about Lord of the Rings. Frodo <laughs> ultimately says, "I will take the ring to Mordor." Ray starts out saying, "The gal." Ray starts out at the beginning of the Last Jedi, saying, "The galaxy needs Luke Skywalker." The, by the middle of it, she says, "The galaxy needs Ben Solo." By the end of it, she realizes it has to be me. In much the same way, these movies have to be about the new characters. We can't keep relying on the past and rehashing the same characters to tell the same stories. Blast Jedi uses familiar characters to help launch and further the stories of the new characters. It's the only way to keep a franchise fresh. We all saw Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the, Crystal, of the Crystal Skull. Nobody wants that for this franchise. In a similar fashion to The Last Jedi, look at how movies like Creed use the past to bring new characters life and resonate with audiences. The torch has to be passed on to the next generation and they must become the keepers of the flame. Lastly, I will say that there are so many memorable, memorable visuals in this movie. You have Holdo's maneuver, which is just breathtaking cinema where she, she (laughs) sacrifices herself by going to light speed through uh snoke's ship and it's it when i saw that happen i thought why are, how has nobody thought of doing this uh, objection the- you're, you're confusing this with uh, captain marvel and avengers avengers endgame uh, uh that Sorry. came out I, after I, this I'm, I'm, jo- I'm, jo- I'm joking i'm joking <laughs> you uh, have luke your honor has down- a sense of humor yeah <laughs> you're you have luke staring down the first order on crate that's like right out of like a samurai's like picture like he Luke with the two setting suns one last time, even the little stable boy at the end holding up his broom like a lightsaber against the backdrop of a night sky. And we also, I think, need to talk about how well the action is is filmed in this movie, especially in Snoke's throne room where Ray and Kylo are fighting against Snoke's guards. This film looks like a million bucks and the cinematography allows everything to be seen clearly and without confusion which is more than you can say about a lot of action films these days. So with that, I rest my, uh, the, the defense restaurant. I'm going to ask you to unrest for one second. Um, counselor, can you summarize your evidence into like three or four, uh, statements just to make sure I have everything, uh, as needed. Lord of the Rings. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Every Lord? other action film ever made. <laughs> Done. And 1980s critic reviews. There, there, we, there we go. Okay. So, okay. One, we shouldn't be a prisoner of the moment uh, because, um, with the example of Empire Strikes Back, uh, it which was um, lukewarmly received at the time, that has become the most beloved movie of the franchise. Okay. Um, <clears throat> two would be the cinema scores. Uh, by od- audience scores are actually very positive for this movie, uh, contrary to what uh, the audience score, which was specifically targeted to be downgraded uh, by by certain fans. Okay, three, uh, three. Um, <clears throat> the story arcs of Luke and Kylo Ren are really great and and do a great job of of. Um, Forwarding the characters or giving them a satisfying conclusion. Okay. And then for visuals Great and action. and action. Okay. All right. Thank you for that, Counselor. Okay. We are entering into... Oh, I'm sorry. Could I add one more? Yeah, sure. Sure. It's just a summary. It's not... Yes. Everything he uh, says in the record, I just want to make sure. Yeah. I have the it. last one I would say is that who is Snoke and who are Ray's parents are not important questions. Okay. Okay, so now we're going to enter the cross uh, X uh, portion of this. So just to remind you both, uh, Chris will start off by asking Ken uh, any questions that he wants that's relevant uh, to the case. Please treat this as if you're on the witness stand. You may not. Uh, this is not a debate. You must answer his questions. Uh, you cannot fire back questions. You will have your own opportunity to ask uh, him whatever questions you want. So this is. Chris asks questions, you answer them, and then Chris asks follow-up questions or separate questions or however he wants to proceed. You guys understand? Indeed. Yes. yes. All right, Chris, uh, go ahead. Proceed with cross-sex. Can I <laughs> permission to treat this witness as hostile? <laughs> Absolutely. All right. By all means, please do. All right. Well, uh, Mr. Jones... Can you can you please repeat to me the audience scores the from the other website you you put, quoted earlier during your evidence uh, from IMDb? Uh, yeah, well, yes, thank you. Uh, episode one, six point five. Episode two, six point six. Episode three, seven point five. A New Hope, eight point six. Empire Strikes Back, eight point seven. Return of the Jedi, eight point three. The Force Awakens, eight point and I believe. I didn't have it written down, but uh, the Last Jedi is seven point one. So you would agree that that's quite a quite a dip, wouldn't you? I mean, you're talking about a point nine rating, uh, uh, and if we're talking, yes, but that was also there was probably also significant um, fanboy uh, voting down of. I, I understand your speculation it's, on, it's on low, the fanboy. It's, it's also it's also far high. It's also higher than Episode One. And two, and within range of episode three. But you would agree that that it's it's low. It's it's quite a dip. I mean, you're talking about, you know, the original, which of course we hold in high regard, the original three. But mm-hmm. um, you know, the fact that from Force Awakens to this, you get literally a point nine uh, dip, which is is quite substantial. So um, thank you, thank you for, uh, for bringing that back. You, you do, but you only there's only a point four difference between that and episode three. <laughs> Mr. Jones, as a critic yourself, uh, is it fair to say that you value 
critic opinions? Um, I would say I value them to a point. I, I try to form my own opinions. Uh, when I review a movie, I try to avoid uh, getting others' opinions until I've written about it myself. Okay. Do you feel that as a critic, especially with movies like this, is it more often that the critics evaluate the singular movie on certain uh, criteria, whether it be its pacing, whether it be its acting, its editing, its um, overall flow, so to speak? Would you say that that's I mean, a I criteria that... For, I can't speak for other critics, but I would say that uh, they probably evaluate all of those uh, and also... You know, the greater context of where it fits in the trilogy, uh, if it's a sequel, um, you know, all, all of those things. Would it, be fair, would it be fair to say that critics don't normally take into account uh, things like the importance of canon, for instance, or uh, the mm -hmm. value of, um, you know, franchise uh, themes and things like that? Uh, I, would, I would not say that's fair. You would not say that's fair? No. So you don't think that it, it's possible that, you know, critics, reason why it's given such a high T-meter score is that perhaps this, you know, hit certain criteria highly, like, like you said yourself, su would you, such would as, you say, okay. listen, no, I am the no, one no, question you, sir. <laughs> I'm, I'm asking for clarification. I, I'm not sure where you're. <laughs> I am saying, what the point I'm trying to, to, to ask here is that, is it possible that the reason why the T-meter is so high on this movie is that critics are looking for – have a different basis for a criteria of reviewing a legacy film such as a Star Wars film as opposed to fans, if you will. Um, well, possibly, but given that it's right within the same range as The Force Awakens critic reviews, I have a hard time um, buying that uh, they have ulterior motives. I mean, we're talking about a generation or at least several generations of fans that and critics that were raised on on these movies. Mm, mm -hmm. so. uh, with with your your constant objection and dismissal of uh, important uh, story points such as raised parentage and, and other things, um, we, my question for you, sir, is given the amount of time that these things are mentioned in the force awakens, given the fact that they spend so much time uh, with Ray's nightmare of her parents leaving uh, her on, on the planet, the fact that she's scratching the amount of days until they come back. She, you know, she believes that they are coming back to get her um, that that is more than just a simple plot point. That is an incredibly important key story point uh, and, and, could quite honestly be one of the basis uh, or base basis of this bases. character. Bases um, of this character, of this entire character's arc. Could you, you say that? Could you say that again? Witness is not responsive. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Could you just further hostile? I will say this. Let me let, me let me simplify for my colleague uh, in Lannister. I mean, so okay. I, they only. I, I will say this. My question, sir, is given sorry, the amount you, of time. I, I thought you were monologuing. So no, the, given the amount of time and emphasis that they spend on Ray's uh, fact that Ray's an orphan, the fact that the much, much of the movie is spent with her trying to figure out and find her parents. The fact that she does not want to leave um, the planet with Finn because she's 
afraid by leaving, she will then miss her parents coming back to get her. That that is a much more important plot point than just some silly little uh, thing that can be thrown away. No, frivolously, would, like it is. I honestly, I would disagree with that. I would say that uh, she doesn't spend much of the movie at all trying to find her parents. She she has the nightmare of them or memory of them leaving, uh, and she is numbering the days that they've been gone. But part of that is, I, I would argue that uh, that is as much about uh, internal struggle for her to actually leave and enter into this adventure that she's about to go on. And that is something that is holding her back. It's not necessarily a question that needs resolution. Mm. Let me ask you this, sir. Um, what are What is, if you could give me, what is the most important fact or um, item that came out of the, the last Jedi. Uh, that... Why is this movie important to you? <laughs> why what is that? this movie important to me? Why, why, why is this movie important at all? Like why, what, what important things do we learn in the that, last Jedi? That Luke will not be the last Jedi. That okay. the resistance is reborn. Objection. Mm -hmm. Are we sure about that? Uh, it's I'm, I'm literally quoting from the movie where he, he says to, he says to Kylo Ren, uh, he said at before he disappears before his projection disappears that uh you know the the resistance is reborn uh and he will not be the last jedi could that have been that done that doesn't mean he's not in the next movie though right I, I'm no sorry, I, I'm, I'm not i'm asking on the prosecution sources they have but I, <clears throat> sorry go ahead mm. go ahead uh, i'm prosecutor um let me ask you this sir could that have been decided could could we have found that out in a twenty minute scene or montage rather than a two and a half hour movie? Could it be possible that you would have been satisfied? Those questions would have been satisfied without having a two and a half hour movie. I, I mean, with a I, with a entire the subplot going to a casino planet, which made no sense and I, served no here. purpose. As I it's said, just I'm not to clarify gonna... prosecutor's question. Are you saying that this could have been like a Star Wars short, like a DVD that's what, extra? That's why <laughs> I am yeah, saying I'm that this movie not did really not. I am trying to get the witness <laughs> to admit that this movie did not need to exist uh, as a movie. All right, fair enough. All right. It could yeah. simply be a scene. Yep. And I think, to a larger extent, I think when we say that, when we say yes, this entire movie could have just been one I, scene. I, I, don't, I do not agree with that statement. That therefore, it dismisses its val validity. Um, final, I mean, final. You're ask, you were asking me a question. I, I say no. Listen, listen, you listen, sir, sir. I will be the one. I'll be the one asking questions here. Um, okay. The final thing: true or false, sir? <laughs> true or false? Um, uh, that this entire story is based around a slow, slow speed pursuit between ships of capable light speed. Yes, but as they were yep. shown... Thank you. Thank you. That's all I needed to know. <laughs> and all of this, all of this is semi-explained through terribly long monologues that fail to move the story forward at all. True or false? Uh, false. Okay. All right. They, they, they explain it in, in like two or three sentences. Not long, not long uh, scenes that, as you, as you depict it. Apparently, you and I have very different feelings about Laura I Dern's. Literally, just watch the movie. <laughs> All right. Well, and finally, my final question: Does <laughs> Does Jesus Christ exist in the Star Wars universe? <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm going to object to relevance on that. Let's see why I tie this in. Again, the relevance is that this movie lazily, lazily put together dialogue without thinking about the greater themes and history of this franchise uh, and universe. So I just wanted to know from my, my colleague, does, does the Bible, Christianity, <laughs> exist in Tatooine. I'm, I'm still going to uh, object to that. You could you could get to that uh, another reworded question, uh, perhaps uh, on the stand if you want to get at the writing, uh, the quality of writing on the script. But all right, um, <laughs> all right. Thank and and final question, uh, Mr. Jones. Would you say that it is a um, uh, a uh, vote of confidence when a studio which had originally said that we want you to be in control and lead? an entire new trilogy of these films uh, and then completely ghost or uh, the, the person that they promised these things to, wouldn't you think that they do? You, is that a vote of confidence? Uh, I reject your premise because nothing uh, that you just said is accurate. Witness must answer the question. Uh, no, no. Okay. No. All right. All right. Uh, then no more questions, your honor. Okay. All right, uh, Defense Counselor Jones, you may okay. ask Mr. You. Uh, the prosecutor any question uh, that you, you want. Thank you, Your Honor. Let's get right into that one that we just we just uh, ended on. Let's <laughs> Jesus talk Christ? about no uh, uh, the studio <laughs> and, and apparently and your quote unquote ghosting of of Ryan Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you, you know, Mr. Peterson, that the Disney and Lucasfilm Studios asked Ryan Johnson before The Last Jedi was even released to come back and write and direct the third movie after Colin Trevorrow dropped out and that they only um, asked J.J. Abrams to do it after Ryan Johnson had turned it down. I, I did not know that. I will ask because for that documentation is of that. But... <laughs> that, is, that is what happened. I, I, according to, uh, I, I, I would ask that you're, I don't know the sources of that claim. I, I however, um, do have sources um, of where so my I, claims come from. Uh, so uh, I am researching this right right now. Yeah, I, um, I will admit, I read it on Wikipedia, but it is sourced. Oh, on, Wikip- it, it is sourced. <laughs> Objection. It is. I once wrote that I was a notable alumni of my college. <laughs> and uh, in the meantime, I am looking at IndieWire, IndieWire with the article, uh, the headline is Ryan Johnson unsure um about the star wars um trilogy so there you go yeah i'm not seeing anything i mean I thank just, you ryan jo- johnson offered rise of skywalker and i'm not seeing anything uh in june 2014 he was offered to write a treatment for the third film episode nine with ramberg and producing both both films that's according to wikipedia and my my source just you know was uh, written on <laughs> so coming soon.net says in the opening paragraph of the I believe the article that you're referencing Chris that Ryan Johnson cast doubt on directing Star Wars episode 9 it says since then it was revealed that the last Jedi director Ryan Johnson was one of the top choices to take over the film with Johnson himself having previously said he would love to help another Star Wars film in the future but that was before last Jedi came out right Yes, but it was also when uh, uh, Colin Trevorrow had departed. I will concede that 
that right. Disney and had he total is, faith in Ryan Johnson before the movie came out. Right. No, exactly. Right. Okay. Go ahead. Prosecute. What I am saying is after the movie came out and the intense backlash over the dissatisfaction because this movie is not a good movie, uh, all uh, of a sudden everything is now up in the air. Not accurate because he is still writing a uh, trilogy for according, the studio. According to an article That's I'm looking at, IndieWire, uh, the article is dated September 17th, 2019. So this is last month. Um, the the head, the byline is Johnson says he may be able to shoot another feature after Knives Out because his Star Wars timelines remain up in the air. If he was yes, so because valued, he is writing the trilogy. I will again. He's writing the trilogy and directing the first movie. So I just want to be clear. You're you're kind of shifting the argument though, right? Because initially it's about episode nine, and now you're arguing the new trilogy that he was. He's saying that the the studio does not support the director. I'm saying they not only support him, they asked him to direct the the ninth movie and handed him a whole trilogy to have carte blanche with. You're right. So um, I, I, as I, I, as judge, I'm going to strike the episode nine because we can't confirm the timing of it as far as supporting the claim. But obviously, the new trilogy is absolutely in play. And he is, I will say, he is slated, and I will also say, he's slated to direct the first one and write all three of them. Right. That takes time. However, he has, he is getting no key uh, information from the studio about what, when they want to go forward with this. And I would argue that that is because of the results of his, his filmmaking um, as opposed to just them would, not no, knowing, they, having a plan for Star Wars. They, they don't want to burn out the franchise. Right. They're taking a hiatus De- defense several years after episode I would nine. Say, so defense, I would say, uh, gavel, gavel, gavel. Defense counselor must raise questions. This is, this is when you ask questions, not make statements. Um, yes, so please, just, Your Honor. Get, Thank you. <laughs> yes, yeah, so please this get back to your examination. Please get back to your questioning of, uh, of the prosecutor. Okay, uh, let's get into Mark Hamill's statements about uh, the the movie. You said that uh, he expressed disappointment. Yes. Correct? Uh, do you also acknowledge that he expressed regret in, in saying those publicly? I will... I, I will, his doubts and insecurities. I will say that he regretted saying it publicly, but I don't think he ever said that he regrets... He didn't take do back you know, what he felt. Do you... Do you know what his exact words were? Um, I I can actually I can find. I, I have the tweet I, right I, here. Would you like to? Please. Would you like me to read it? Please, absolutely. Mark Hamill said, "I regret voicing my doubts and insecurities in public. Creative differences are a common element of any project, but usually remain private. All I wanted was to make a good movie. I got more than that. Ryan Johnson made an all-time great one." So mild objection, uh, defense counsel. You're supposed to hand that to the witness for the witness to read uh, the highlighted portion of the uh, transcript. <laughs> well, it's kind so of hard to do. You're, you're, I mean, <laughs> you're I, a little I, out of order. Just letting you know, but I'm gonna let it go for this. We're story. all in three different locations, <laughs> and my forced time connection with Chris has been spotty throughout this podcast. I will I say this. Um, here's the thing. Um, uh, if, if you look, if you look at the timeline, to I'm answer sorry. your question, no, 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 no. What, not, what is the not, question? What is your honor? What is the question? Your honor. All right, defense counsel, go ahead. Go. What is your question? My question was if he had read that statement. Okay, right. throughout that, and obviously, clearly, he has not. 
right. Okay, so uh, are you aware yeah, just, of that? Yeah. So, defense uh, prosecutor, are you aware of that quote from by Mark Hamill? I am aware, but if you, I will also point out the timeline of these things. He initially said about uh, in an interview, um, said, "Well, he's not my Luke Skywalker," and that was his initial comment that he mm -hmm. then apologized for. After I would say after, and th these apologies, I believe, are dated December twenty sixth, uh, which is exactly almost nine days after the movie came out, after the backlash had started to swell, after his mm -hmm. comments were made. And then he comes back and apologizes because, sure enough, most likely the Disney powers that be uh, got into his ear well, and told him you need to come out and apologize. That's funny because <laughs> the article that I am reading on Deadline.com is also dated December 26th, 2017, where, well, he, but, where he, he regretted voicing his doubts and, I, said, I'm that, saying. and, and said that he, that Ryan Johnson made an all-time great one. With this movie. And I'm saying that he made those comments on December 26th, which was <laughs> after he made his initial comment um, and after the movie are had you, come out. Are you aware, sir, of the comments made by one Mark Hamill on March 12th of, of what 2018? Uh, again, we're talking about um, quotes that are coming out months and months after his initial comment, which I would argue is the most honest comment. Uh, um, would it would it be would it be possible that his honest comment was also misconstrued, and he he sought uh, believe that he needed to clarify that statement? I, I that is I think conjecture. I think that's probably. But is it possible? Now. Is it is it po No, I don't believe it's. It's I think, not possible. I think what's happened is that Disney, given that we're talking about a billion dollar franchise. Uh, got in his ear and said that you need to walk back your statements because it's killing the franchise. Once they saw the box office numbers, by the way, and you saw by December 26th, definitely how this movie was trending downwards, that they needed to do something to try to save it and getting in his ear to make I'm him. Going, I'm, going to, uh, I'm going to send you a link that I would like you to read. Your Honor, um, this since I, for the record, I did not take five years to get through my questioning. I did not ask the witness to look at links. I just hit him with facts and information. Um, is this and is I, this link about Mark only, only in the most cynical, is, only in the most, most cynical wor world would what you gave be considered facts, sir. I'm actually going to allow that just because no, I would, I, I have sent you a link on Facebook. I would like you to is click that Mark link Campbell? and read, is, a, read a section of that for me. Is, is this about Mark Hamill? Yes. I, I, is it, is this a new point or is this just sort of, it's along? just further. Right. Um, let's move along. I mean, let's, okay. I mean, if you really need it at the end, you can have him read it, but let's move along to the next question. I will okay. I will I will refrain from having the the um prosecutor read I do appreciate statement. I do appreciate you listening to my objection about having the witness read um the testimony instead of you I, doing your own. I do appreciate <laughs> <that>. <laughs> I, I will just say that Hamill himself said on March twelfth, twenty eighteen in <clears throat> regards to Ryan Johnson, he's always right. Okay. Uh point made. Uh please move along to your next question. All right. Apologies, Your Honor. Uh, let's get into the financial aspect, which was Mr. Peterson just bloviated on uh, in a few seconds ago. Objection! That is. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna sustain that one. Yeah, that was that was that he that he, re that he remarked on. 
Uh, how much money did this movie make its opening weekend? Uh, I believe it was two, what two hundred and twenty million. That's twenty seven million less than the previous movie, The Force Awakens. Yeah. Yes, it is. Only in the only in again in the most cynical terms, is two hundred and twenty million considered a disappointment? For is, that a question, is that a question, defense? Uh, no, it's not, Your Honor. I, I... All right, strike for, strike from the record. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Your Honor, I hope I'm getting points for the fact that most of my material will still be in the record. <laughs> and again, the 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 record will of my opponent will just simply be Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Batman Begins. Right. Um, what else do you have? Uh, let me ask Cal- you. Okay, uh, regarding the money. Yes. How much? So we've established it made two hundred and twenty million dollars. Yes, all time exactly. already, already in the record. Exactly. Yes. Where does that rank all time? I, I, for, opening, I for opening weekends. I would say it's probably in the top ten. Uh, it's actually fourth. It's actually for fourth. It's fourth, all time. Uh, do you know where it ranks all time in terms of its domestic gross? Uh, probably top ten. Yes, it is ninth or ninth. Yes, um, I would also I would also like to add um, that if we're talking about the box office release, this movie also suffered a sixty-seven point five percent drop in its following week, um, <clears throat> which is uh, unheard uh, of. I'm sorry, uh, I did not. I did not ask. I did not ask you that question. Sir. That's just that's um, me extending my answer. That, to that's you Are you making bounds. a motion to submit that into evidence past the evidence section? Of uh, the, no, I'm just. I'm just stating um, fact. Since he's bringing up financial numbers, I'm sure he sees that underneath that 220, the, the next weekend it was a 67. Did, did, did prosecutor, Wars, no. prosecutor. Here, here's, a, here's a simple question for you, prosecutor. I meant defense. Defense. You've already submitted box office numbers into evidence. Uh, do you have a point in the interrogation yes. of this? Uh, I, I will. Go I ahead. will. I will ask a simple question. Okay. Did Star Wars: The Last Jedi make money for Disney and Lucasfilm? Um. Yes. Yes or no? Did it make a significant amount of money? Uh, unknown. Unknown. Well, the production Which, budget. Would you call one point three billion dollars? I would say, sir, I would say that yes or no, no. And I'll explain uh, your honor. I'm not asking for an explanation. I'm asking for a yes or no answer. Uh, He does have latitude. Yes. Defense does have latitude. Yes. Go ahead. Uh, 1.3 billion. Would you consider that a substantial amount of money? Do I consider that a substantial amount of money? Yes. Okay. So you, you agree that, uh, that the last Jedi financially made a significant amount of money (laughs) in the studio. No, Your Honor. I mean, that, I, Your Honor, I can easily explain. I can okay. easily explain. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Prosecute. So the production budget of this movie was three hundred and seventeen million dollars. Three hundred. So of that, uh, of that billion dollars, obviously you knock off um, three hundred seventeen in production alone. Then three billion. Then the promotion aspect, the advertising publicity, is also through the roof when it comes to. Um, these these movies and usually an unpublished number. We don't know, really know how much these studios spent on um, this this film. 
um, to, to promote it. So that could be easily, the, you know, we're talking about a production budget of 317, easily could be 500 million in uh, total when you talk about PR and advertising. Also keep in mind the fact that this studio paid $3 billion uh, to Lucas, George Lucas himself, to get it. So they're already in the hole, technically, no. $3 billion. <laughs> Okay, Your and Honor, I, I, I would... I would uh, like to interject here. It's, it's your, it's saying, your it's, it's, question. It's your okay. The question well, was, did this movie make substantial money for the studio? And I would ask, I would argue that this movie um, made money for the studio, but I would not your, agree your, that it was your substantial. Honor. Yes, <laughs> this is this is outrageous. The, the, <laughs> the studio paid $3 billion for the property and the rights to, to the Star Wars franchise. It has already made... Uh, well more than three billion dollars off of this off this property. Are you moving so, to strike his record? I'm his moving comments to strike from the record. I'm moving to strike his comments from the record. Uh, sustained. I, I agree. That was some awfully backhanded. It, not fact. only yeah, that, we, but this, merchandising alone. They've this already. Court, this court does not allow uh, shady Sorry, he backhanded just financial merchandising. <laughs> he just introduced merchandising into the count. We're talking about this movie, sir, not the merchandise. Merchandising tied <laughs> um, to the movie, sir. Uh, Prosky did open the door towards profitability, so I think merchandise. I did, he he opened the door. He said, "Did this movie <laughs> make substantial money for the studio?" I would argue, no. Let's move but, along. Let's 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 move along. I would say if, it made money, but I'd strike this entire thing for the record. All right, uh, my last line of questioning: uh, How much money? So, The Force Awakens. I would say, uh, Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. Uh, the Phantom Menace and the last, the Force Awakens were movies that uh, got higher box office um, achievement because of uh, when they came out and the audience anticipation for them. Would you agree with that, sir? Wait, what? <laughs> so again? the first, so the first movie of all three of these trilogies. Uh huh made significantly more money than all of their all of their counterparts would you agree with that statement no you would not agree with with that no because revenge of the sith grossed more than attack of the clones that's but it did not make as much as as uh the phantom menace well the attack of the clones had a higher higher had a higher opening weekend than phantom menace and then people saw that it was a terrible film and it ended up grossing much less. Just like was, the last was okay. Let me okay. Fine. Would you consider the Phantom Menace a good film? No. Uh, and yet it made it made the most money of the entire prequel trilogy. Correct. Correct. But I would also argue that episode. I'm not two asking you to argue worse. anything else. You know what? I have nothing further. <laughs> nothing this. Further. Uh... <laughs> wow. All right. We have closing statements. Uh, let's keep this short, guys. Uh, we're already running long in this uh, proceeding. Um, Chris, you may start with your closing statement. And you, and just just a reminder, you can raise objections if you want, if there's relevance or misstatements of fact or anything like that. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, it's very simple. My, my counterpart here uh, lives in the past, if you will. <laughs> I choose to live in the present. I choose to look at things now. Uh, I don't try to compare this movie to some of the greatest uh, analogies, uh, you know, try to analogize to some of the greatest cinema of 40 years ago. I'm, I'm, in, I'm living in the present. I also, ladies and gentlemen, value the voice of our fans more than maybe people that are being paid to criticize the movie, if you will. 
<laughs> fan reaction, I feel, is where you truly get the value of this film. And I would argue <laughs> to the casual fan, how many times have they seen The Last Jedi? The rewatchability of this movie is awful. It is awful. And uh, I have seen this movie exactly three times, uh, have, despite having been on Netflix for close to a year. Anyway, um, again, my counterpart did not uh, at any point make any type of argument about how this movie is actually good. And the things that he did say were good, once again... Objection, agreed. Your Honor. <laughs> Start, yes. This is a cool statement. My this entire a, argument... No, no, I did say was, objections are allowed. Go, go ahead, defense. Yeah. All of my evidence was in... in uh, Toward that end of how the movie was actually good, I agree with that. Object- objection sustained. Chris, please. The revise. merits of the movie itself. Or stricken. Yeah. I will say once again, my my counterpart at no point um, proved that this uh, the the valued elements of the Last Jedi warranted a two and a half hour movie. Again, once again, to my contention that this movie could have been settled in about twenty minutes. Um, <laughs> Despite my my counterpart's exhausting, um, uh, you know, uh, questioning on the the financials of this film, the facts are there, folks. The facts are there. If this movie was valued uh, and thought of as a good movie, then I would you would see that those numbers a, a three hundred million dollar difference between its predecessor. And this would not be um, in existence. That is egregious. It's an egregious difference. It's an, almost an entire Last Jedi movie. Gross. Um, so I, I would, I would again, at no point um, has this has this my opponent done this. And I again, I, I once again submit to you that this movie uh, has been a, mag- a magnificent step backwards in the legacy uh, and and truly impugned the excitement. For the rise of Skywalker, which, by the way, uh, which trailer just came out, and I have, on a personal level, uh, am not excited for that. And if I am, it is with cautious optimism, which I should not feel if this movie was so good. But I rest my case. All right. I will point out that uh, adjusted for inflation in 2019 dollars, uh, The Empire Strikes Back made. 500 million less than a new hope objection objection so, again a 300 million dollar difference between the first movie relevance, of a trilogy no I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna allow it the there first is some time time we're bringing in inflation now to this argument this is <laughs> kangaroo court <laughs> objection over a, a 300 million dollar difference between the first movie and the second movie is not a uh worthwhile or worthy uh argument uh, for or against the merits of a of the the quality of the second film in this trilogy. Uh, so to my concluding statement, uh, according to people like Chris and also some of the worst internet fanboys around. Oh, objection! Uh, slander! Slander! <laughs> slander! Bring it back! Bring it the back! Last, Je- last Jedi was a major disappointment, and uh, at best should have been a Star Wars short or something. Uh, released on like YouTube or Crackle or or someplace. Slander? Uh, objection? That's not what I said. That's not what I said. Uh, so there was an online petition that was started to get it removed from Star Wars canon. 
it was so bad that the director was asked by Lucasfilm and Disney to uh, write and direct a trilogy of his own. He was also approached with doing episode nine and he de- declined. Uh, it was such Objection, a failure. Those timelines are funny. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was such a failure. Uh, no, that the, Objection noted, but overruled. Go ahead. It was such a failure that uh, Mark Hamill himself said that it was a great movie. Objection, um, funny timelines. <laughs> Noted, but overruled. Go ahead. The Last ahead. Jedi uses the foundation that was set by Abrams and The Force Awakens to move the franchise forward. The first movie of this new trilogy set the foundation to play it safe, to establish uh, and and redo or repair some of the harm done by the prequels. Uh, it served as a launching pad for The Last Jedi to to go forward and do something bold and and creative with this new trilogy as kylo ren says let the past die kill it if you have to director ryan johnson made some bold choices to plot a path forward for star wars and it's the kind of blockbuster movie making that i wish i saw in more studios okay uh we're gonna take a short recess i'm going to review this transcript somehow and uh i'll come back with my ruling uh, after this break all right. Uh, well, first of all, gentlemen, thank you uh, for your passionate uh, arguments for and against uh, the Last Jedi. So I did not say this, say this in the beginning, but uh, I'm so I came to this truly divided over this question. Um, I my my initial take is I really appreciated uh, Last Jedi as a singular piece of work, but I found it very troubling as part of the larger nine movie, arguably ten eleven movie uh, story of the Skywalkers. Um, so I really saw both arguments, uh, here and Chris, we'll start with yours. So you're, um, so your big arguments really focused on some of the stories taken in, in force awakens about Ray's parentage, uh, Snoke, how they didn't really follow through, uh, to any extent. And I didn't quite state this explicitly, uh, but it's sort of implicit in your argument that when you raise these questions in the first of a plan three movie trilogy, it's pretty it would be extremely unusual to not not only not follow through but not follow through as early as the second movie um i will say um and i think your other strong argument was talking about the critics um when talking about how this was a highly well-reviewed movie critics don't take into account you know what makes this an importantly good movie for the fans which is the account canon uh or the value of the franchise themes um a couple things I'm surprised you focused on and didn't focus on. Uh, prosecutor, a lot of questions about the Bible uh, existing in this universe. Shit. I'm not sure that was particularly <laughs> relevant. Um, prosecutor, may I ask why you didn't uh, talk about the trailer for Rise of Skywalker at all? The fact that they well, went back on a lot of the themes of The Last Jedi. The fact that Palpatine's back. Uh, the fact that... Lando Calrissian is back, so... Well, Your Honor, I I chose to to live in the present uh, (laughs) and talk about the movie that was at hand, um, not bring up... I I was concentrated on relevance since my counterparts went so irrelevant in their arguments. Um, And I felt that that my my only inclusion for Rise of Skywalker should be the fact that um, it it took... I am truly not excited for this film. 
Well, so well, the key <clears throat> argument on the defense was that the movie was bold. It featured new characters. It didn't rely on the old characters. And if that's true, then why is Rise of Skywalker prominently featuring old characters again? Like Exactly. Ever- Thank you. Like- Thank you. <laughs> well, you, My, you the didn't point I tried to make. Thank you for illustrating it so much. Again, these are all points that the prosecution did not make. Exactly. These are not but, in the record. But clearly, the, the, Your Honor picks up on what I was implying. So. <laughs> it was not implied. So I was curious why that, why you kind of avoided that. Um, you also, your arguments also didn't particularly focus on the movie as much. I think, again, you focused on a couple of key storylines, but didn't point out, didn't talk about really anything about the movie, whether it was even the key scene with Snoke and Kylo Ren and, um, and Ray or just anything really. I know you mentioned in, pa- in passing the casino planet and, uh, and Rose and stuff, but there's, um, a and lot of your arguments. <laughs> shouldn't the fact that I didn't bring up those things tell you how much they're valued in the movie, sir? Well, I mean, this is a court. This is a court of law where, where the fate of this movie is at stake. So, if, hey, you, uh, if it was worthy, men- if it was worthy yeah. of mentioning, I would have brought it up. So, <clears> that's just my only questions on that. So, Ken, uh, so I thought your again, your key argument was the movie was bold. It did not play it safe. That plays to. Uh, my heart, because you know, I want the I want my big my big complaint about movies is they totally play it safe. And uh, and one thing I think even critics would say about Last Jedi is it absolutely does not play it safe at all, and uh, and deserves credit credit for that. I also thought your arguments focused more on the movie uh, than the prosecutor's arguments did. I think you pointed out um, very well how beautifully shot uh, the movie is, uh, particularly. With the flashback, with Luke's flashbacks to when he's contemplating uh, Kylo Ren, um, I thought so. So I thought I so I thought as far as the movie goes, I thought you really won the argument as far as that goes. I found uh, Chris, uh, the prosecutor, a little bit more compelling when it came to Mark Hamill. Um, it is um, it is my opinion that. Whatever Mark, whatever, and this isn't just Mark Hamill, but basically any movie star, sports star, whatever they say after their initial statement is 95% of the time not going to be true. It's going to be said based off of pressures from the studio, the sports owner, whatever. So I tend to believe, you know, I I tend to, I always tend to believe the actor's initial thoughts um, and saying, and I remember the quote still that. I think you even said it was, you know, I disagree with everything that was written about Luke Skywalker's character. However, I did it to the best of my abilities because that's my job. Um, I think it's important. I mean, not that Mark Hamill is the only say, but I think he's, you know, I think he values his character as much as anybody and his, his, his opinion matters. So where does that leave my judgment? Based on all these fa- factors, um, I come down on the side that a, a, a bad movie ultimately is not going to be remembered very well. And I, I, I don't, I haven't heard anybody argue. This is the perfect star Wars movie or even the best star Wars movie. Uh, but it's certainly a memorable one. And um, I think most of the arguments, both of you cited say that, a high percentage of fans like it. I think there's one metric about the Rotten Tomatoes that 44% only liked it, but I think most of the other critics feature, um, 
state that both the majority of the critics and the audience like it. And I think there's enough here in the movie to be, again, it's not going to be rewatchable for everybody, especially the fans that are hung up on certain things about the trilogy aspects and those things uh, concern me as well. But I think there's enough powerful, really interesting, especially with Luke Skywalker here to make this movie in very interesting admittedly polarizing but very interesting and really well executed well acted um uh episode of the star wars trilogy so this court rules in favor of the defense counselor uh this movie Sham. is Sham. not a bad it's not a bad movie thank you uh, your honor and it is does not belong in movie jail i so. object uh i, I <laughs> This is a this is a, a terrible, terrible decision. <laughs> Clearly a biased source. Um, wow. This wow. is a good day for justice and hope and freedom. Wow. I, terrible. <laughs> terrible. So, there's no appeals uh, court. This the movie court is a one court uh, system of appeals. Might so, I remind sorry. the audience that the judge in question values uh, Halloween three, um, <laughs> blood sports as as high as the Godfather. <laughs> Terrible decision. Uh, we, we, we will sell that in other episodes of the movie course. So, uh, gentlemen, I'd like to thank you both for your participation and your passionate arguments. Um, let's take some time to plug some stuff uh, while we're here. Uh, Chris, what do you want to plug? Um, well, um, we're going to do a movie court appeals podcast. <laughs> <laughs> just just made that decision now. <laughs> All right, let's do it again. Let's go. Let's go. Um, <laughs> no. no, but uh, yes, no. Keep keep checking the pod, uh, the, <laughs> the the blog because we've got new podcasts, you know, sprouting up, you know, all over the place. Um, you know, we've got another episode of you know, Desperately Seeking Entertainment, the movie musical Shakedown, um, stage directions coming up later this week. So be on the lookout for that. Also, this week we are posting the final college ranking list of the year. The top. 30 musical theater programs out there. So for those of you who are prospective college students looking into musical theater, you can actually find our list uh, before the end of this week. So that's usually a big, big news uh, getter for us. So yeah, looking forward to releasing that. Ken, what do you have to plug? Uh, We're getting toward the end of the year. So that's going to mean top 10, uh, maybe top 20 movies of the year. And I'm also um, chipping away at doing a top, uh, 100 of the decade so okay that's and in, make sure that's in the works in addition to all the podcasts that are available on the onstage blog podcast network make sure you check out the box office preview hosted yeah. by yours truly greg Earhart and ken jones yeah we, we talk about we break down all the new releases coming out every well not all the new releases i won't t- i still won't break down downton abbey sorry but terrible uh, <laughs> uh we will break down the big new releases coming out um uh, each well, I can't say each and every week. Uh, they have to be big enough to warrant our coverage. So uh, make sure you check out uh, Onstage Blog for all sorts of content uh, regarding Broadway and local community theater. Uh, check us out. Uh, there's no place else to go for your movies and theater content other than the Onstage Blog Podcast Network and www.onstageblog.com. For the prosecutor Chris Peterson, the defense Ken Jones, I am. Uh, Greg Earhart, we will catch you on uh, Box Office Preview next week. Adios. Adios.